Greetings, children, and welcome to my chamber. My name is Rotherick Gastblood, and I'm your host of Tales from the Dark Chamber. This week, we have a great show for you. Tales to make your skin crawl. Each week, my chambermate and I read a scary tale that we found on the internet, or perhaps left under some corpse. Either way, we think you're going to like it, and we're just dying for you to hear it. So sit right back, light a candle, and let's have a ghoul evening. Oh, wow. Rothery, did you read today's paper? Woody, firstly, you have the paper. Secondly, no, I never read the paper. Why would I? Well, there's a story about some creeper who's been terrorizing kids at night, peeping into the windows, making noises outside of their windows, really causing a stir in town. You don't have anything to do with this, do you? No, Woody. You know I'm a ghoul. I dig up corpses with a perfume that would... Yeah, 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 I know you do. But you do go out late at night and creep around graveyards and all. Woody, I'm only interested in the dead. Which is why I allow you to stay here. Hilarious, Rothrick, hilarious. No, seriously. When you're out, do you notice anything out of the ordinary? Have you seen any strange people creeping about? Any odd people in the neighborhood sometime around, uh, 2 a.m.? Unless they are around the municipal cemetery. No. Well, if you do, please let us know. Do they have any descriptions? Uh, yeah. Seems they're about five feet tall. No facial features. Mm, large, round eyes. Bald. Thin. Sound familiar? Are you sure they aren't aliens? Rothrick, I don't know anyone from any country that fits this description. No, you ninny. Not illegal aliens. Aliens from outer space. <laughs> don't be silly. There isn't any such thing as aliens from... You are saying... Well, that does remind me of tonight's story. It's part one of I Investigate Disturbing Cases. Here are my stories. Watchers by B. Young. It's about a detective who is involved in finding a creeper who is terrorizing a young boy. Enjoy. I Investigate Disturbing Cases. Here are my stories. Watchers, part one. By B. Young. When people think of police officers... I think there's a disconnect between our image and the reality of who we are. A lot of people see us as the good guys, real-life superheroes that jump in at the last moment with shining gold badges ready to stop the bad guys from having their way. But that's not the reality. We don't have superpowers. We aren't capable of seeing all the crime in a given area. And we certainly don't have the ability to respond to everything as fast as we'd like. 
At the end of the day, we're simply human beings reading and reacting to situations the law says we have to get involved in. When you dig a little deeper, you see the ugliness, the racism, the abuse, the violence. Many people see these aspects every day. Others are none the wiser. What does this mean? That we're monsters disguised as the good guys? To some people, yeah. And maybe that's fair. To me, I think it means something different. In my view, it means we're a reflection of the good and the bad of society. And much like society at large, we are complicated and nuanced. We can either be what you want to see or what your sight is limited to. As a cop, you struggle with that. Because at the end of the day, you never know if which way someone sees you is the truth. It was early into my shift when the chief called me into his office. He was casually working on some documents and chewing away at a toothpick. I sat quietly for a solid 30 seconds while he scribbled down some notes before finally shoving the papers to the side and giving me a questionable look. Smith, he boomed in his usual commanding voice, I want to get your advice on a situation. Of course, I replied, so long as it's not relationship advice because I will definitely lead you down the wrong path to divorce in like two months. I caught the slightest glimpse of a smile before he began to recount the early events of the day. A single mother, Miss Wilson, I believe her name was. She came in here yesterday begging to talk to one of our higher-ranking officers. I was down in admin to grab some of this paperwork, so I was in earshot of her request. I go over, introduce myself as chief, and we get to talking. She tells me that she needs police protection ASAP and wanted to make a direct plea to someone with authority to make that happen. Police protection? I pondered out loud. This must be something serious. That's what I assume, too, he agreed. But Mrs. Wilson starts spinning this tale about how her little boy was seeing a man outside his window staring at him damn near every night. And no matter what he does, the man won't go away. Of course, being a good mother, she always goes to check on him. But every time, there's no one there. The fear in this boy's eyes is real, though. The look in his eyes says he's seen something terrifying and she believes the kid. To fix this situation, she wants us to keep a guy outside watching her place until we catch the bastard. So what do you think our move should be? I scrunched my face into a look of confusion. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, do you really need my opinion on this? Seems pretty straightforward, doesn't it? I get that her fear of this mystery man is real, but we can't just loan out officers as bodyguards on request. I'd love for us to help, but if she doesn't have any proof this guy exists, there isn't much we can do, right? I'd suggest she set up security cameras, maybe even invest in a gun. If she catches this guy on video, we can do a proper investigation and hopefully find him. The chief chuckled, which threw me off because the guy maintains a serious demeanor 99% of the time. I like the way you think, Detective Smith. Straightforward and logical in every situation. That's a trait that'll either save your life or get you killed. One way or the other, it's going to make a difference in your life. But you're missing something big. He was trying to lead me somewhere, but I couldn't pinpoint where he wanted me to go with this. All I could do was raise an eyebrow in response. He caught on to my confusion, took the toothpick out of his mouth, and, and exhaled as if he was blowing out cigarette smoke. You don't think a single mother whose young child is telling her that a man is looking through his window at night would have already bought cameras? After a few nights, she had some of the most expensive cameras she could find installed outside his window.
And, and obviously we're still sitting here without any evidence of a man ever being there. Yet she came in here adamant that her son saw him just last night. It took a moment for me to put the pieces together in my head. I didn't understand how the hell that could be possible. Could someone have some device that disrupts the security camera feed? Or maybe the boy is seeing things. The chief put the toothpick back in his mouth and shrugged. Leaning back in his chair, I don't know. But it's what you're going to find out. I've already sent you an email with her address and details. This was the unfortunate bombshell I was hoping he wouldn't drop. As much as I wanted to argue against being assigned to this case, I knew that I wouldn't be getting out of it. And since the last encounter with the tall woman, I knew the chief and I had an understanding. I had seen something he didn't want very many people to be aware of. But she wasn't the only thing out there. If he had even the hint of suspicion that something may be in the realm of the unusual, then I'd be his guy on it. Still, neither of us can go assuming anything. I had to approach this like any other case, and that approach started with the facts. As soon as I walked out of the chief's office with a commitment to the case, my mind started getting to work. I immediately made a beeline for my desk to do some background research. A mother claiming that her son is seeing a man outside his window at night, but no evidence of such man exists. At least not on video. Not anywhere near the amount of information I'd need to figure all this out. At least, not yet. Officer Ryan, who had only been with us for a little over a year, caught me off guard while I was lost in thought at my desk. He was a happy-go-lucky type of kid. He was in his late 20s and always wore a large smile on his face. Hey there, detective, he said after taking a swig of his diet soda. I saw you come out of the chief's office and I was wondering if you were working on a... He took a quick look around before leaning in and whispering, Secret project. I gave him a blank stare and he returned a big wink that confused me even more. I don't know about secret, Officer Ryan. Just a potential trespassing and harassment case. Nothing major. He looked disappointed at the news. Ah, oh, man, that sounds kind of boring. N need any help? You literally just said it was boring. But you want to help? Why? Shoot, yeah, he replied a little too excitedly. Man, I've seen your work, and everyone talks about how you've solved some really wild cases over the years. I've always thought it'd be fun to see what I could learn from you. I have to admit, his enthusiasm was oddly charming. But aside from that, I knew if I was going to figure this one out, not only would I need to talk to the family, but I would need to do some evidence collection. And at the end of the day, two pairs of eyes and ears are better than one. Bracing myself for his overly giddy reaction, I agreed to let him tag along so long as he did the note-taking and let me take point on everything. Within a half an hour, we were out of the station and knocking on the front door of a modest-looking house. It took a while before anyone answered, but someone finally did. It was our first look into just how serious the situation was. The middle-aged woman before us looked absolutely exhausted. Deep bags under her eyes were accompanied by unkempt graying hairs and a posture that belied someone who just didn't care to put much energy into anything. Mrs. Wilson, I began, pulling out my badge. My name is Detective Smith, and this is Officer Ryan. We're here to talk to you and your son about the strange person you've been seeing around your home. May we come in? She blankly scanned our badges. When it registered who we were, her mood noticeably shifted. Oh, come in. I'm sorry, the, the house is a mess. She quickly herded us inside her living room while calling for her son Lucas to come over and greet us. 
Everything seemed to be moving so fast that I was almost caught off guard by the sleepy-eyed young boy that seemed to materialize right in front of me. He looked to be about twelve years old and physically mirrored his mother. His exhaustion was apparent by the way he was constantly rubbing his eyes and yawning. Lucas and Mrs. Wilson took the sofa while Officer Ryan and I sat across from them in chairs we barred from the kitchen. I just want to say it's a pleasure to meet you both. I know these aren't the best of times, but I'm here to help you in any way I can, I said with a smile. Miss Wilson, I was made aware that you came to the station before to give a statement, but if you wouldn't mind, I'd appreciate you briefly explaining to me again what exactly is going on. She nodded and took a deep breath before beginning. This all started over a week ago. Lucas ran into my room, crying about seeing something in his window. I checked it out, and I didn't see anything out of the ordinary, so I assume he just had a bad dream. But then the same thing happened the night after, and then the night after that. She stopped for a moment to caress Lucas's hair as he laid next to her. But I never saw anything. After the third night, I immediately went and installed security cameras. For two days, nothing happened. I'm thinking it's over, but then all of a sudden, it started up again. That same night, when I went to check on the cameras, I saw nothing. But I know my son. I know he wouldn't make this up. On the nights he actually manages to sleep, he gets horrible nightmares, and on the nights he doesn't, we're both wide awake. I've called in reports before to the police, but nothing's happened, and I don't know what to do. I understand where you're coming from, I said softly, and I can only imagine how rough this has been for the both of you. I just have some follow-up questions. She nodded and I continued. I don't want to downplay your experiences. But is it possible that maybe your son is seeing things? Is there potentially any history of psychological disorders in your family? She almost sounded offended by how forcefully she gave her answer. What? No, my son is... He is not seeing things. Officer Ryan cut in. We're not suggesting he is, ma'am. We just want to have everything straight so we can approach this properly. There have been instances whereby many things aren't as they appear, and we don't want to arrest someone over a small mistake. Ms. Wilson took a deep breath and nodded in approval. He's never had these issues before. There was a time Lucas's father and I thought he may be suffering from ADD, so we took him to a specialist for a few weeks. As far as I know, everything is perfectly normal. And what of the father I cut back in? Do you have a good relationship? We do, she answered. Lucas stays with him over the summer, and they talk every other night on the phone. He and I actually have a better relationship divorce than we ever did. Well, still, I'd appreciate it if you'd send me your ex-husband's info. We'll run a background check and make sure everything's okay on that end. I wanted to ask if you ever simply considered letting your son sleep in your room. Maybe removing him from the situation would help. Of course, all the time. But it's not a permanent solution. I've had Lucas in my room, and by the time I'm asleep, he finds his way back to his bed. I couldn't be absolutely sure, but she seemed to be telling the truth. As much as you don't want some psycho with a grudge stalking a kid, there just didn't seem to be anyone that stood out as a candidate. But I've been doing this long enough to know that in many cases, kids know things their parents don't. When I asked if I could speak with Lucas alone, Mrs. Wilson hesitated for a bit. She was understandably reluctant to leave her young boy to be grilled by a police officer. Surprisingly, it was Officer Ryan who acted as a somewhat effective intermediary. 
He mentioned something about working as a children's therapist before becoming a police officer. According to him, children often feel more comfortable talking about traumatic events where their parents aren't listening. Counterintuitive at first, but the more you dive into it, the more it made sense. She even seemed to flutter a bit when he said, I'd love to discuss the matter further with you in another room. She contemplated and eventually agreed. As the two got up to walk away, Officer Ryan gave me a wink on his way out, and I responded by rolling my eyes at the sly bastard. Now, it was just a boy in me. He seemed nervous. I tried to give him a smile and tell him it'd be okay. But I could easily tell he didn't really trust me yet. Or at least, he didn't trust that I could help him. Hey, Lucas, before we start, I just want to say that I know what you're experiencing is really scary. But it's my job to make sure that you and your mom are safe. But for me to do my job, I just need you to answer truthfully to the best of your ability. No detail is too small. He simply nodded at my request and we began. Good. <laughs> do you happen to recognize the person you saw in the window? Or are you able to describe them at all? He thought for a moment, his eyes darting to the ceiling, trying to recall what he had seen. I didn't recognize him, but he had a really big head. Um big eyes. His mouth went all the way from one side of his head to the other, and I think his face was kind of wrinkly. Oh, and he was bald. At first, the description didn't make much sense. My first thought that maybe it was someone wearing some sort of a mask. Logically, that fit if they didn't want to be identified. This potentially gave some credence to the notion that it was someone Lucas knew. Maybe they felt he'd recognize him. Did this person speak? Maybe a voice you're familiar with. He shook his head. Hmm, I see. What about when you usually see this person? Is it around the same time every night? He nodded. Kinda. It only happens really late at night. How late? He seemed nervous to answer. Don't tell my mom, but 2 or 3 a.m. I'm not supposed to be up that late. If I'm not up already, then sometimes I wake up randomly, and he's just... There. I laughed. <laughs> Don't worry, Lucas. I won't say anything. You can trust me. But you really should get to bed earlier, I said with a wink. Your mom mentioned that sometimes you'd sleep in her room, but you'd go back to your bed. If you're seeing this scary person in the window, then why do you go back to bed? He shrugged. I don't know. I don't even notice, really. I just wake up back in my bed. Possible sleepwalking, I thought. After asking him some standard follow-up questions, I eventually brought his mom back to wrap up the interview. I decided to look around his room to see if I could find anything of note, but everything seemed to be in order. The only thing of interest was that Lucas's blinds were drawn. I questioned how he could see anything outside his window with them closed at night. This was something his mother had already spoken to her son about. But Lucas was adamant that they were always already open whenever he'd wake up in the middle of the night, even if they were shut when he went to bed. Odd, but potentially significant. Out of questions, Officer Ryan and I gave them our contact info and made our way outside. I told Miss Wilson I'd get back to her on the request for officer surveillance, but I'd rather look into this through other means first. I couldn't go over how little sense this made. Nothing seemed to fit, and there wasn't a good place to follow up a lead with. All the facts I had before me were meaningless. A man in a mask that shows up two in the morning to scare kids? If he was a kidnapper, why just look inside his room? 
Maybe he was some sort of sig voyeur that liked to watch young kids sleep. If that was the case, then there was a decent chance I'd end up in jail myself for strangling him. Unfortunately, there was only one place I knew that I could get some concrete direction in this situation. I reluctantly reached into my pocket and searched through my contacts for the most dreaded name available in my phone. Hello? Smith, what the hell do you want? A forceful voice came through on the other end. Hey, Officer Joss, fantastic to speak with you, too, I said with a slightly irritated tone before filling her in on the situation. Anyway, I'm here at the Wilson house. I already questioned the family, but I'm still a bit lost on where exactly to go with this. Any chance you can guide me in the right direction? She let out a very audible sigh. Did you call people to do work for you in school, too? Or did you start in your professional life? Ah, yes. Being an asshole. The classic way to get shit done. If you keep at it, maybe the guy stalking this child will turn himself in, out of pity for me. I couldn't see it, but I knew she was rolling her eyes. Ha ha ha. Very funny. I do fancy myself a comedian, but it's my second career choice if this police shit doesn't pan out. Well, funny man, if you want my advice, I'd recommend checking around the kid's window for anything important. Ideally, footprints, fingerprints on the window, etc. Also, talk to the neighbors to see if anyone's seen anything. Maybe you get lucky and hit on security cam footage. When you get back to the office, check to see if there are any guys in the area with an M.O. for peeping late with masks. If he's doing this constantly, then he probably doesn't live too far away. I have to hand it to her. She was damn good. And if it all turns up nothing, then I'd seriously question why we're even wasting our time. But if you think he'll come back, in theory, you can try and see if you can catch him yourself and, and grant her that surveillance. I mulled over her suggestions and thanked her before hanging up. Looking down the street lined with identical houses, I knew we had some work to do. But Officer Ryan and I were ready to hit the ground running. I investigate disturbing cases. Here are my stories. Watchers, Part 1, by B. Young. Well, folks, that's our story tonight. Rothrick and I hope you enjoyed it. We sure had a great time bringing it to you, and we really appreciate you listening. Tune in next week when we bring you another chilling tale from the dark chamber. And just a note, if you're an aspiring author and you want your story read here on Tales from the Dark Chamber, send us a note at talesfromthedarkchamber at gmail.com. If it creeps old Rothrick out enough, we'll air it. And subscribe to our podcast for notification of our next new episode or subscribe to our YouTube channel at Tales from the Dark Chamber and follow us on Instagram or Twitter. If you want your story read for your own use, or you just want to have it, check out my website at woodygvoiceover.net. You can order there, or you can find me on Upwork as Woody G. And again, thank you for listening tonight.